Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Vineyard. We're so glad you guys chose to spend your morning with us, whether you're here in the room today or you're tuning in online, or even if you're listening to this as a podcast later. And as Tess said, my name is Kyle Howard, and I pastor worship and creativity here at the church. I absolutely love what I get to do every day. I am married to a beautiful woman. Her name is Shelby. Uh, we've been married for a couple years now, coming up on three. And uh, she's amazing, just to say the least. She makes me definitely a better person. I'll leave it at that. And uh, if you guys have been uh, attending here for really any amount of time, you probably know that I'm usually back here in this spot with a guitar in front of me leading worship. But today, I got this podium. I got this Britney Spears mic. So it's going to be a good day. Well, hey, just a little bit about me. I'll go through my journey kind of quickly here. Uh, I was born in the South, in Alabama. Anyone else born in the South? Nice. It's more, it was only one person last year. There's a handful of people. Nice. Well, I was born in Alabama, and I would actually grow up most of my life uh, being raised by a single mom. It was me and my sister and my mom for many, many years, and that was because my biological father had a lot of things he was struggling with, with alcoholism, drugs. He was dealing drugs. He was abusive, a handful of things. And so uh, I'd actually grow up a lot really asking a ton of questions about, like, really wondering what my dad was like, that kind of thing. And so long story short, uh, we actually ended up coming to Muhammad, Illinois. That's where my mom's parents lived, and that's where we would grow up. And one Sunday, my mom was church hunting, and so we were looking for kind of a spirit-filled church, and we came to the vineyard. I was 12 years old. I was sitting in the same seats that you guys are in today, and I experienced the worship here for the first time, and I was in awe. Honestly, couldn't believe what I was witnessing, and what you need to know is that I had loved singing since I was like three years old. I just had this passion for singing. I listened to Backstreet Boys, Usher, all these things. I just loved singing. And I'd been in church my whole life too, but I'd never seen worship like this. And so when I saw the worship, I don't even know if I actually told my mom this, but I was just like, yeah, I don't care if you come back here every Sunday. Like this is, I will, my 12-year-old self will find a way to get here every Sunday. So this quickly became all of our, it became our church home. And uh, I loved the worship, and so two years later, I was 14 years old when I actually started leading worship here, and I was leading, really, worship for any ministry that would have me. I just wanted to grow. I wanted opportunities, and so the first event I ever led worship at was actually a Mandarin potluck event, which is very special. It was a special time for me as a worship leader. Uh, I would actually do a lot of my leading, too, in the junior high and high school ministry here called Revolution, and if you guys are a young singer, young instrumentalist, come find me. I would love to get you involved. But I was leading worship all over the place. And in high school, I actually was driving in after school, like a ton after, after school. I'd drive up here, and I would help volunteer on the tech team. And I was setting up stages. I was taping down cables, wrapping cables, all these things. And, uh, you know, the church was paying me a lot with Pizza, pizza Hut. And, you know, eventually they're like, you know, let's give this kid some money. So they brought me on for 10 hours a week as the tech assistant. And uh, I would actually, after high school, I would come on staff full-time uh, working for the tech team, and over the years, just said yes to different roles and responsibilities, and here we are a little over 10 years later, and uh, I'm doing what I'm doing, and I absolutely love this house. And one of the many reasons I'm thankful for this church is because this is where I met my wife, and uh, we actually got married right here on this stage, so it's very special to me. And I'm so thankful for this house, but honestly, the main reason I'm thankful for this church is because we are intentional about creating a space 
for the Holy Spirit to move. And that doesn't happen just in Sunday services in here, but it happens in Kingdom Kids, it happens in our small groups, it happens in Revolution, it happens in our staff meetings and pastor meetings. We are intentional about creating space for the Holy Spirit to move. And today we're actually doing that by doing a service called Fresh Fire. And Fresh Fire is a service where we have extended worship, extended ministry, and just let the Holy Spirit have its way, do its thing. And so last two months, I've been thinking about the word fire because I knew I was going to be speaking about fire. So constantly I'm thinking about fire. And I don't know what you guys think about when you think of fire. You might see a campfire or a bonfire in your mind. Every time I think about fire, I think about passion, burning passion. And passion is such an interesting thing to me. Like, where does passion come from? You can't fake passion. You can't force passion. You can't buy passion. So where does it come from? And I would bet, too, that every single person listening to my voice right now can identify one thing that they're passionate about. And I believe it's actually because we were created, we were made to be passionate. I actually believe that we were built to burn. And the Holy Spirit actually reminded me, as I've been thinking about passion, as I've been thinking about fire, I felt like the Holy Spirit reminded me of someone who had a lot of passion, and that was Jesus. And I was reminded of Hebrews 12 too. It actually talks about that Jesus endured the cross He endured unimaginable pain, agony, torture, humiliation. He was mocked and made fun of. He endured it all because we were the joy that was set before him. We were his passion. And if that's not passion, I don't really know what is. And eventually I felt like, as I've been marinating and just on all these things, I felt like the Holy Spirit led me to this question, and I believe it is a question that he's asking all of us in the room and anyone online. He's asking this question, what do you burn for? Let's pray. Father, we just invite your presence even more in this place here today. We want to have our hearts open to everything that you want to do. You are the main event here this morning. You are the agenda. And so we just invite your presence more. We just increase our awareness of your presence and how you're moving. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just ask that kind of dramatic question. What do you burn for? What are you passionate about? What makes, you, what makes you come alive? And I'm going to be honest, I have, I've burned for so many things in my life. There have been so many things that I have been extremely passionate about. And when, the thing you need to know about me is when I'm passionate about something, like I'm literally so passionate about it. I, it will consume my life, and I will become honestly just obsessed with it at, at a certain point. And I will zone in on it. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if we're friends or we work together or you're a complete stranger. When I experience something, I will talk about it. And when I'm passionate about something, I will share everything that I've experienced with it. Now, there are a handful of people in the room today that probably know this about me, that I can be what you may call a diva sometimes. (laughs) A diva is just, it basically means that you're very particular and you really like the way you like things sometimes. One of the areas that I'm a diva in in my life is about my sleep. Okay, so I'm very, very particular about my sleep. Uh, For example, it cannot be over 70 degrees in the room that I'm sleeping in. And if it is, she said amen. Uh, And if it is, I honestly, I have to have a huge fan in front of my face, okay? Amen. Next thing. The next thing, okay, why I'm a sleep diva. 
I have to have some kind of ambiance. So you might use a noisemaker, you might go off the ceiling fan. I have this very incredibly bougie app that honestly has so many capabilities, sounds you would never, ever, ever need for sleeping. It's got like waterfalls, it's got rain, it's got cicadas, it's got cats purring, it's got blizzard winds and desert winds, all these things. And honestly, when you walk in my room and I'm sleeping, I got this iPad cranked up, it just sounds like the strangest wind tunnel you've ever heard. It's, it's honestly a little ridiculous too. So you guys can kind of see why I'm a sleep diva. The list is going to keep going, just so you know. Uh, the third thing. This is what I'll say before I say this third thing. Uh, I've been married for only a couple years, like I was saying, but I have learned a thing or two in just a couple years. I remember when, uh, there, there'll be times, actually, when people will ask me, like young people, like they're thinking about getting married, they just got engaged, they're thinking about getting engaged. They'll ask me for tips or like advice or how things are going. This is what I'll tell them. Get two comforters. Because I remember when Shelby and I were in that one comforter life early on, I'd get up into bed, I sleep on the left side, she sleeps on the right, she's already zonked when I get into bed, and I'm laying there trying to fall asleep. And at a certain point, she will turn over, it's like clockwork, she'll turn over on her side towards me, and I'm like, it's fine, that's cool. But at, at a certain point, she'll always turn on her back, and then she'll turn this way, and for whatever reason, when she turns this way, 25, 30 inches of the comforter, go with her, and honestly, my left leg would just be out in the breeze, and I'm just like, there's no way I'm doing this for the rest of my life. Like, no way. So literally, I pulled the trigger. I pulled the trigger. I bought a comforter. It's the exact same comforter. We have two identical comforters. And now the last reason. I know you guys are like, how many reasons does he have? The last reason. I'll say this. A couple years ago, there was this, I would just be walking in the mall, like, and I would walk again in the mall, and there was a store that would always catch my eye. And this store was known for really selling mattresses. And I'd walk by, and I'm just like, man, those mattresses look so nice, but I ain't ever spending that much money on a mattress. Now, the more I walk by the store, the more it just catches my eye, and I just kind of like notice that I'm catching out, catching other things in the store. And so I will also say that this is one of those stores where When you walk in, you really got to commit because this is one of those stores where the sales associates, they will swarm you like vultures. It's like a a car lot. You go out in the car and people are just like, they want to sell you cars. So I knew this one day, I saw these pillows back there. And I'm like, all right, I got to check out. I got to see how much one of these things are. So I go in there, I commit. Long story short, it's in the dead of winter. I have my huge winter coat on. And people walking by are seeing me laying down on this mattress in my big winter coat. One of these sales associates is helping me. She's got like seven or eight pillows, and she's just switching them in and out, in and out. And I'm like, no, not that one. No, that one's way too hard. That, one's not, that one doesn't have enough. And eventually, you guys can put that pillow up there if you want. I, my head, <laughs> my head hits this pillow. My face hits it, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. This is the pillow I am taking home. It's got this little indent because I'm a side sleeper, so my shoulder just goes right up in there, tuck, night-night. I took this thing home, guys. I won't tell you how much I paid for it. But I took it home, and Shelby's just like, you're ridiculous. Like, you're actually ridiculous. And so I took this pillow home, guys, and it literally changed my life. I'm not kidding. And I know I drove Shelby up the wall with it. We would be in random conversations with each other, each other and I would just interrupt her, and I'd be like, I can't wait to go to sleep tonight. Just <laughs> things like that. 
we would have friends over, for, and like for the first two months, we would have company over, and you can bet at some point in the evening, you would see me coming down the stairs, <laughs> and I got this pillow in my hands, and I'm like, you guys got to touch this pillow. You guys got to see it. You guys, this pillow changed my life, and I, honestly, I can't even believe how unintentionally creative I would get with just inserting this pillow into random conversations with people. I experienced it. I couldn't stop talking about it. I was passionate for this pillow. I was literally burning for this thing. <laughs> and I know this is a silly example, but how many things can we be passionate about? We can be passionate about, uh, passionate about so many things. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm passionate about something, I have no problem talking about it. We can burn for so many things in our lives. What are you burning for? Maybe you burn for money. Maybe you're really, really passionate about money, making money, saving money. Uh, I remember, like, in the last few years, I feel like especially, I've been around, like, a group of people, and they'll be talking about Bitcoin and this coin and whatever coin and all these things, and I made this investment. I'm making all this money. It makes me go home and want to go on YouTube and, like, investment for dummies, like, how to make money, like, all these things. Maybe you're passionate about TV. This is probably one of the most common things we can be, like, really passionate about. I don't know how many times I've, I've watched a show, but I've seen all the seasons. And then, uh, you know, you're left hanging, and that next season comes out, and you binge watch it. You talk about it because you love it so much. Your friends talk about it. They binge watch it. And then their mom's watching it and binge watching it, and it just spreads like wildfire. Everyone's passionate about this TV show. Maybe you're really passionate. Maybe you burn for a sport or an activity. For me, there's been so many seasons in my life when I've literally just been, we'll just say obsessed with the sport of golf. So I would be out on the golf course. Any waking moment I could be out there, I would be out there, and I would get people out there just because they would be around my love for golf, my, my experience with golf. And I think you guys see the point I'm trying to make, that people pick up on our passion. And what is in us will actually ultimately come out of us. When we burn... Others catch the flame. When we burn, others catch the flame. And I want to read this. Uh, it's a popular passage in Matthew 5.14, and we're going to be reading from the Passion Translation. We're talking about passion so much. It says, Your lives light up the world. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as a light upon them and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. What does this mean? We were meant to be the light of the world and that light was never, ever, ever, ever meant to be hidden. We were actually, I believe, created to radiate his glory literally radiate the glory of the Lord. We were born to reflect his image. I believe this light was meant to be seen from miles and miles away. And I know that scripture is really talking a lot about light, but we're talking a lot about flames. We're talking about passion. So I thought I would pull from this new translation that just came out. It's called the KFT version. It's the Kyle Fire translation. <laughs> Check this out. It says, your lives fire up the world. For how can you hide a fire on a hilltop? And who would light a fire and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its fire. So don't hide your fire. 
Let it burn brightly before others so that your commendable works will burn as a flame upon them, and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. You guys, we were actually built to burn. We were actually meant to be these Godfires wherever we go in our community, when we go to the grocery store, when we go to, the, uh, go to school, we go to work, we're actually meant to carry this fire and it was supposed to, we're supposed to come in contact with everyone we, we come in contact with. This fire is supposed to spread and we're actually meant to be these flames that ultimately change the world around us. You guys know that song? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Uh, I love that song. I, I mean, I know we laugh about it and we joke about it. But I think the thing is, when I hear that song, my first thought is, why do we only let it shine in this room? You know, when we come into the... You come into the auditorium, I love that we do this. We're not only intentional about creating a space for the Holy Spirit, we're, we're not afraid of hiding it, we're bold about it. And they say, the doors say encounter when you walk in. Because we believe that there is a fresh encounter with the love of the Father every time we come in here to gather and we worship together. But the thing is, that encounter was never, ever, 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 ever meant to be kept in these four walls. It was meant to be spread and we even make it easier for you. You know, when you walk out, it says extend, because that's a little reminder that we're supposed to extend that encounter. And so my attention here today is, when we experience Jesus, we have an encounter with the love of the Father. Why do we hide the flame? Even if it's unintentional or not, we tend to keep that flame to ourselves a lot of the time. I believe that when we experience Jesus, the easy thing is we start to create formulas some weird thoughts in our head about sharing that experience. And ultimately, it boils down to we just become ashamed of the gospel. It somehow, in our minds, becomes the complicated gospel, and really all along, it's the simple gospel. You know who makes it complicated? Satan. We have an enemy. His name is Satan. He has been defeated, but he still lurks around, and he tries to pull us down whenever he can for some reason. I don't know why he tries so hard sometimes. Uh, but he will twist your experience that you've had with the Lord because he is so afraid of you burning with that encounter, that encounter with the love of the Father, because he knows what change will come from it. He will lie to you about this experience. He'll say, you didn't encounter God. You didn't experience the love of the Father. He'll even say, God's not real. God's not alive. Like, what are you talking about? And if he's not lying about that, he's saying, well, yeah, you had an encounter with God, but, like, don't talk about it. Like, that's, especially with non-church people, like, that's just, they're going to think you're weird. They're going to think you're crazy. You guys cannot believe the lies of the enemy. I think it's so crazy. I don't even find it crazy anymore or find it even interesting, but it's so crazy that the enemy, he won't twist your experience with worldly things, but he will twist your experience with the living God. We were meant to share this experience. If I can talk about a pillow, I can talk about a person. This pillow changed my life. Jesus has literally changed my life. And I want to be really transparent, too. I do not have this thing figured out. That's why I'm even talking about it. I want to be really transparent in that. I know it's easier said than done. There have been many, many, many seasons in my life where I have 
burned for all the wrong things, and I've been passionate about things that ultimately just fade away and don't even matter, and I've missed it. But there have been seasons in my life where I'll have an encounter, and I literally cannot contain that flame that's in my heart, that's burning in my heart because of everything that the Lord is doing. And I remember one time, a friend of mine, he actually called me, he's living in Chicago, he was calling me, he was just checking in on me, seeing how things were, were, how things were and how my life was doing and all that stuff. And I literally could not shut up about what the Lord was doing in my life, what I was experiencing. And I had re- recently had an encounter, and I felt like God gave me this vision and this dream, even specifically it was within the worship community here. And I was just sharing him about worship. He didn't really have any total interest in worship, but I was just talking about it anyway because that's what the Lord was doing in my life. And ultimately, a few months later, he would actually move down here. And he told me at my birthday party, like not even a year later, he's like, he told everyone in the group, he's like, I actually moved down here because of that phone call. He caught the flame. When we burn, others catch the flame. And I actually believe that some of you in here today, you actually feel like you can't be used by God. You, you feel like you can't be a light for him. You can't be a flame for his presence for his kingdom because you've made too many mistakes. I want to tell you about a story of someone who made too many mistakes, mistakes, but God still used them anyway. In the beginning, I was talking about how I never knew my biological father. He was an alcoholic. He was on drugs. He was dealing drugs. He was abusive, a handful of things. And honestly, because of this, because of what I knew, I didn't actually even know if he was in prison. I didn't know if he was even alive or what. And so I always, always grew up. I'll never forget just these moments where I remember when I was in third grade and I just remember, I just remember crying out, like just wanting, I remember asking God, like show me, show me things, show me a picture of him. I just want to see him. I just want to know little things about him. Like did we have things in common? Was he funny? Could he sing? Did we look alike? Did he love cereal? all these little things that I just wanted to know. And miraculously, actually, because of Facebook, I was able to meet him and get connected with him. And I I remember talking on the phone with him one night. I'll never forget this. And before I even told him that I was at a church and I was a worship leader and all these things, he starts telling me, like three minutes into the phone call, how his life had been transformed by the Holy Spirit. And actually, a few months later, I would get to meet him in person and hang out with him, which was one of the most surreal experiences I've ever had. And tragically, uh, a year year later, less than meeting him, uh, he would actually pass away at the age of 49. And I still had so many questions that I wanted to ask him. There were so many things that I still wanted to talk to him about. And I ended up flying down to Louisiana where he lived and went to his memorial service and I can still see it in my mind. This is walking into this huge church. There's a slideshow of all these pictures I had never seen before. His favorite worship songs were playing as you walked in and, and I'm just crying and I'm just overwhelmed. And all these people that were there, I was so overwhelmed and I was a mess. But what would really wreck me is that eventually they opened up the mic for anyone that wanted to come up and share anything they wanted to about my dad. And person after person after person after person would be coming up and there was this huge line. 
And I'm just like, wow, like, like this is my dad. Like, who are all these people? And the thing that would really, really wreck me was that there, every person that shared that day had one thing in common with their story, and that was Jesus. And standing back in the back of that room and reflecting on how many times I had questions about my dad, just wanting to know really simple things like what he was like and things, became really clear, and I walked away that day knowing the one thing that it really mattered. I know what he burned for. He burned... And so many people caught this flame. I remember going through his, his stuff, like his belongings, and I remember asking his wife, I'm like, what's this? And she was like, that's the anointing oil that he would keep on his keychain because he was that often leading people to the Lord. He burned and other people caught the flame. When we burn, others catch the flame. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we are living in a time in a day and age where people are catching so many things. They're not necessarily catching this flame. They're catching depression. They're catching anxiety. They're catching suicidal thoughts. They're catching self-image issues. They're catching division. They're catching all these things. They need to catch this. They need to catch the flame in our hearts that burns for the one who burned for us. So what are you burning for? What are you burning for? I just want to invite us all just to stand as we move into worship. Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence even more into the room today. And right now, just the things that we're passionate about, I pray that right now we would be able to turn passion into praise. Lord, right now, I pray that you would set our hearts on fire for your kingdom, for your glory. More of your spirit right now, Lord. Increase our awareness of your presence. I pray right now that we would just open up our hearts to receive everything that you have for us. We want to burn for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Thank you for spending time with us today. To experience more incredible messages like the one you just watched, go ahead and click that subscribe button below. You can also check out vineyardlive.us. There you will find content like conferences, interviews, and worship to fuel your spiritual growth. You can check that out at vineyardlive.us.